Welcome to Waypointers, the new podcast for agency and technology leaders, bringing you insight, advice, and knowledge from the leading lights of the creative, digital, and tech landscape. In this series, we'll bring together the brightest minds in the industry, together with our own in-house growth advisory specialists, to share illuminating topics and conversations to grow your business. I hope you enjoy this episode of Waypointers. Hi, my name is Stephen Mallon. I'm a director at Waypoint Partners. My main focus is on helping agency leaders to grow their business to realise goals, value and ambition. Joining me in conversation today from Brighton is Maddie Cooper, founding partner and chief commercial officer of Brilliant Noise. Maddie leads all things sales, marketing and growth at Brilliant Noise, a leading marketing transformation partner for ambitious global brands. Prior to solving the biggest marketing problems for the biggest global brands, Maddie was chief client officer at iCrossing UK. Welcome, Maddie, and thanks for joining me to share your views and insights and experience with us. Today, our topic for discussion is all about selling solutions over services, an imperative for agencies, where we'll be focusing on changing the mindset of agency leaders from selling their services to selling solutions for their clients, moving from being a commodity provider to a strategic partner and what that can do for your agency, and the story of someone, Maddie in Brilliant Noise, who's been through that journey with her own agency. Maddie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your agency background? Yes, of course. Thanks, Stephen. Um, yes, exciting to be here. And I think you, you've kind of summed up the potted history pretty well there in terms of the uh, the role of Brilliant Noise now and then the previous role at, at iCrossing. Our focus at Brilliant Noise is we create kind of better, faster marketing uh, performance for, for these big global brands, um, Adidas, Asahi, Barilla, BMW, Nike. Um, several of those have been won since our work with Waypoint. So yeah, that's the kind of the main focus and the the main things that we do is optimizing global marketing operations, building marketing capability, and um elevating kind of um, ESG storytelling um, and it's all using this Tesla lead process which we've very much sort of formed and I suppose elevated since the work that we did with with you guys at, at Waypoint so it's a, we're a different version of Brilliant Noise sort of a year on relative to the the version that we were before we started this partnership. So Maddie, when we think about that first phase of Brilliant Noise, when you, along with your fellow founding partners, Anthony and Jason, started the business, um, what made that first phase of scale successful? We had a great launch to Brilliant Noise in that we had lots of lovely big brand clients from the off. So we didn't have to do that thing of working with little brands and then earning the right to get to the big ones because we had this brilliant network of friends, former clients, people that we'd worked with um, in former agencies. And, and there was some lovely serendipities of people that had been clients in our previous agency, but then they'd happened to move on to new jobs just at the time we were starting the agency. So then we won those clients and it was just trust, friendship, affinity. You know, there was a reason why we wanted to work together. And then those people moved jobs in the years later. So one client went from Porsche to Jaguar Land Rover. So we won both of those. Then from uh, EDF to the Times to Manchester United, we were kind of these career partners. We, we won, won them as we went along, going with the client. And so it's lovely advocacy and we're very proud of it. But to actually scale, you need something more systematic. We needed to be able to reach beyond our network and be known for the work that we do. Um, because otherwise, obviously, our, our own network would always be a limit. I think another thing that was a bit um, tricky for us was that we were 
our offer was quite broad for a small agency. Um, it was the sum of all of the things that our clients needed and we knew that we could do well. Um, so that was the kind of the, the beginnings of the agency. It was a strength and a weakness. It was a strength because we, we knew these people and what they needed. So we crafted Brilliant Noise around those needs. But kind of over time, we realized that that, that was a bit of a limitation. And I guess that that's common. There are some common factors there with what we see generally across across the industry, Maddie. I guess the the the, the uncommon thing was the, your immediate access into to larger brands and be able to leverage that immediately, which no doubt enhanced reputation as well as billability in the early years. But the characteristics that are, that are commonplace is that reliance on the immediate network and referrals as a source of new business and growth through the initial phases, um, and clearly that becomes a limiting factor. Factor as you know, you get to that point which you and, and and Anthony and Jason did, where you reflect back on the first few years and go, "Well, we've got something here. This is scaled to a certain point. It's viable and it's successful, and we've accumulated good brands and we're doing some great work." But there are certain limiting factors that are potentially holding us back a little bit. What were the factors that were holding you back from the growth that you believed that you could drive? It's because we'd crafted the agency around. Things that we'd done before, things that we knew we were good at, things that we knew that clients needed, that created a lot of different things. And it's hard to be known for many things. It's really difficult for a relatively small agency to be famous for multiple skills. So we we had this kind of very interesting combination of agency and consultancy services. And it sounded cool as a hybrid and the logic of it was right. But it was quite a broad offer. Um, and I think something we particularly realise is that a lot of brands, if they've got big network agencies, because we only work with big brands, so if they've, they've already got their big agencies with many services, if they want an extra partner, they want that extra partnership to have like real expertise and edge and innovation and pace, not this wide offer. I think another problem with it was the sort of the conviction in that we had so many case studies for work for these different global brands, but the stories were all different because they were for different types of work. So collectively, it, it kind of lacked conviction. It wasn't this sort of bank of experience for particular skills. So all in all, our conversion rate was lower than it ideally would be, and that's really frustrating. And I think off, quite often... We were, we'd get lovely feedback, but we were coming second. And that is, as everybody knows, both to come second in a pitch is flattering and utterly useless. Mm -hmm. um, so we needed to be the experts so that we could always be the ones that, you know, that win because that there's only any point in that. And I think then another thing that was holding back growth was that because we were relatively, in the scheme of things, we were relatively small, but there was a wide array of offer, Keeping a balanced volume of work to fit the skill sets of all of those team members was tricky. Um, it was sort of a constant balancing act. And of course, that could really easily compromise margin. So we realized we just needed to focus and stand out because of all of the benefits that come from being experts. And then, again, being more successful and more profitable because you can have a team of experts that, that do similar things. And I think it was kind of at that point where we were just, we felt just blocked from 
the growth that we ideally would have. Uh, so to get that new focus exactly right, we just needed the objectivity. We needed sort of fresh eyes. Um, we couldn't quite see the wood for the trees. We wanted fresh eyes on how to create perhaps a stronger product market fit um, and how also to articulate the benefits of what we do. Quite a big point of reflection though, though Maddie, because I guess what, what we typically see is just this general point following that initial scaling where agency leaders tend to to look backward a little bit and say right well we've driven some success but many of the things that made us successful whether it's the the subject matter expertise the ability to have trust in your networks and referral to, to to do good work then comes that point of saying well the next level of scaling is going to be dependent on something else and most commonly it's it's accessing larger clients for longer term higher value contracts and sometimes people can reflect on well, what do we do do we build out our service offer do we double down on the specialism that we could be famous for what is it that, that, that we do and it's an interesting point of reflection but the, I guess the key thing there is just making that individual and collective recognition that what carried you forward to that point may not be the thing that takes you forward and, and drives that next phase of success for an agency. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point there, it's like, is the doubling down, the doubling down on the the most focused things, I would say is definitely the way to go rather than broadening out as though you're going to make like just a bigger net that that's a tricky strategy. So, so you had quite a, an existential point of reflection then at, at that particular point in time. And once you decided that particular path and once you doubled down on on being the, the experts of faster better marketing and all that, that that conveys for transformational change for the clients that you work with how did that then change in terms of the way that you approached the market and your prospective clients so the main shift is uh, focus so Whereas previously we'd sort of compromise maybe about the types of sectors we'd work with or the types of roles and, and the things that we offered to them, we're a lot more focused. So we we really tuned into what the sweet spot is between what big brands need in this economic context, particularly this this very special economic context we find ourselves in now, um, what they need now, what we're really good at and what we've got these proven stories of doing and delivering results for within specific sectors. So tuning into all of that means that then the whole the whole offer is a lot more focused. And that's meant that we do have to say no even more. We have to stop kind of offering the more perhaps commoditized things that we did previously, knowing that, you know, as other really good agencies that will cover those things. So it's stopped those those commoditized bits in favor of specialist consultancy and our now specialist method. I think kind of building on that a bit more, another big shift in sort of the way that we go about the market and, and prospective clients is I feel that there's a really big shift in I actually care about what we offer a lot more now. Before we were, we, there were things that we offered like conversion rate optimization. And of course, it's really important. Somebody needs to do that. But I, I wouldn't say that it ever set my heart on fire with excitement for that as a service. Whereas now, since these reflections, a lot of our work focuses on things like purpose and sustain, particularly sustainability focused marketing. And I really care about that. So I've got a lot more conviction in our expertise and knowing that we're going to do an absolutely brilliant job because I, I believe in it so much more. Um, and I believe that we 
do we go about these programs differently and better than other people do and it will make a difference for the world and society and brands obviously in that order both the focus and the care and conviction makes a big difference and what's the reaction been from clients as you've changed this approach and, and brought this proposition to them from the very first kind of moment of our relationships with new clients we're now a lot more focused on the research that we do and really knowing the client's business before we before we even meet them for the first time so because we take that effort to really understand them in advance of of meeting them we can ask much deeper questions than we otherwise would do. And so they are immediately impressed by the way that we think about the world, their work. Um, it's a kind of a much more a deeper level partnership. Like as an example, we now have a new brilliant partnership with Nike because one of my team did a load of research about Nike in advance of meeting them. They read their annual report, the sustainability report. And we were able to highlight insights that even the client didn't know about. They, it was things that they just, we knew more than they did about their own business. So as a result, they were so intrigued by these insights and by us as an agency and how much we showed we cared about them and the topic that it's then led into wanting to know more and has, has become a really big new partnership, which is massively exciting. So I think they clients respond differently because... There's a higher quality and intelligence to the conversation from the beginning. And they feel real um, confidence in our specialism and confidence in the method that we apply this test, learn, lead um, approach. It's easier for them to trust the quality of the work that we'll deliver. And in that sense, Maddie, I think that gets to pretty much the heart of the difference between selling commoditized services and we do this and, and we will provide that for you much more into a more holistic solution-based selling where you're identifying the circumstances that a client's operating within looking at needs at pain points at outcomes that are desired and cultivating a specific solution set around that so that actually what you're doing is you're not selling to the client you're helping the client achieve what it is that they want to achieve unlock what it is that they want to unlock and that's a completely different proposition from what i often term as vending services isn't it yeah absolutely um i think right through from those initial insights to having a much uh, more structured intelligent approach to the questioning you can like, really dig into what's the real transformative outcome that they need to create um and then what we need to do in service of that I have sold services in the past that were a lot a lot more appropriate to a vending machine kind of dy dynamic, but our consultancy work certainly isn't of that nature. So you've got to have a really deep connection with the client and their all of their implicit and explicit needs to then design a solution that's that's right they can actually go ahead with. And I think from from a client perspective, that type of approach can be refreshing because it's not normal. Um, and, and I recognize that um, from my client side experience and being a, a buyer of services across the, the creative and marketing space. And most agencies do vend, they do tend to show up and say, here's our service, do you, do you want some of it? And it's really about competence and capability. It's about here's some SEO, here's some PPC, here's some CRO, rather than about here's how I solve a problem that you've got, here's an outcome that you're trying to attain that I can help with. And because of that, I feel like 
there's very little differentiation in a way that a lot of agencies right across different categories from the creative and marketing space actually position themselves and their proposition. And as a buyer, it can be frustrating because you don't fully understand how those services connect with the objective that you have or the problem that you have. And you want someone to demonstrate that, to talk to you about that by asking questions, identifying your problems, and then developing a solution that says, and you can understand how you can develop that and apply that to achieve an outcome, to achieve an objective or a goal or whatever. And really that happens in a vast minority, a tiny minority um, of occasions where you're having those types of productive conversations with potential partners and, and suppliers. And from that sense, it could be as a buyer of services, pretty frustrating because you've got to think about, well, how does this commodity facilitate what I need to generate what I want? Um, and actually, that should be much more of a proactive mutual discussion around solutions with partners rather than about services uh, as a commodity that you're, you're, you're left to determine what uh, value it actually brings to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of these, the, the marketers that we're selling to, they're so ridiculously busy that unless you play back a solution to be, being really specific to their needs, of their personal needs, for their career, for their organisation and, and department needs, unless it like immediately feels like them and what they need to achieve, it's kind of boring to them and unlikely to really catch their attention and then and, and be, be hard to like really, really get it through. So it's really important that the client immediately can feel how relevant the, the, the story is for them and the value that it's going to deliver for them and their organisation. Because just, it's just not going to stand out to get attention and, and, and come to anything if it's not, if it's not that way around. And a lot, of, a lot of the time, your target buyer is the chief marketing officer inside a global brand. So their inclination and, and patience to sit down and, and have a 90-minute presentation from an agency talking about A, B, and C criteria and these features and so on and so forth is going to be pretty limited. They want to know, how do you understand my problem? Um, how can you apply a solution that, that sorts that? And what value would that generate for me? Um, and pretty much as quickly as possible and to have productive conversations that are based around that. Yeah, absolutely. I think really an, any sales conversation should feel like therapy for the client um, and that they then any proposal or anything that they get back, it should they should just completely see themselves in it. The, the way that it, the, their needs are described should be in their language and absolutely get to the heart of what they really need to achieve and then the solution that you're proposing like drawing the threads to the outcomes that they need to achieve and the and then the benefits that that will create um and the, the commercial gains if you could model those out um just the vending machine version of we'll do this this is what you're going to get if they had to do the hard work to imagine the gains it will deliver it's, it makes it hard work for them to have to, to consider buying and this this mindset shift that we're talking about, the points of reflection that that you've had at that at that that pivot point, 
are not insubstantial. You've changed a proposition. You've focused the agency towards one particular proposition when previously it was it was, it was a multitude. There were some difficult decisions that you had to make along the way to that. And you've had to rethink about actually how do we engage with clients and prospects in, in a much more meaningful way and take that whole thing to market through thought leadership, through uh, your management of end-to-end sales cycles and so on. Um, but ultimately, what impact has that had on, on Brilliant Noise as an agency? There's a greater confidence uh, for everyone in the differentiation and the quality of what we're providing for the market. And actually the real value of the work that we provide, because we we now understand that the most important thing that we do is be change makers for our clients. Rather than previously we were delivering marketing services, now what we're really emphasizing is the fact that we're providing a change management team, we work as an extension of their in-house team, usually with a partner to the CMO, and we make that change happen. Making change happen in a big global brand is really, really difficult and usually painstakingly slow if it ever works, particularly if you're trying to transform like the sustainability focus of a brand or the pace of content marketing production globally. Like these are difficult problems. So working as that like extension to their team as as change agents, that's a big shift. It actually was what we were always doing before, but we were talking about the activities before, whereas now we talk about the being the change management team as that's the focus. Um, And actually that's the more powerful thing that people want to buy because they want to actually get there and and make the transformation happen. So everyone feels a lot more confident in that across the whole agency. Everyone feels a lot more united and focused in that differentiation. And we've emphasized the Tesla and lead method. So the way that we do all programs is now in this guise of, of, of Tesla and lead. And that means that all of the work is more consistent. So, of course, it's then more efficient. The quality can be greater. It's easier to train it in to then enable scaling. Those programs can also be like they're rolling monthly programs now. Because of the extra confidence, we've been able to move away from the kind of time time and materials, old, <laughs> tedious ways of selling. And instead, we can have these valuable partnerships. It's a consistent monthly fee. Um, and we deliver an array of experiments to create these valuable outcomes for the clients. We have the monthly fee and we just deliver as many possible of those valuable outcomes as the time can allow within that monthly amount. Um, and we don't have an end date to these programs any longer. We don't raise the question of whether or not they are ongoing partnerships. We're a lot more assumptive. There's a lot more of a bias for action rather than kind of asking for, yes, would you like to go ahead? We now, there's so much desire and momentum and it's obvious that they have this solution. They need this solution and they they need and want to move forward that there's a different energy to the whole sales conversation and, and the equivalent being for an account growth scenario as well. So overall, I think there's a much greater quality to the relationships. Earlier in the discussion, we mentioned that that kind of pivot point often being perpetuated by the need to go for higher value, longer term contracts of, of a more strategic um, nature. And there are lots of different ways that different agencies in different categories can achieve that. But ultimately, that's where you've maneuvered the business towards. You've, you've, you've essentially said, well, well, who is that? It's a CMO. It, who, who, what type of organization is it? 
it's a global brand. What type of problems do they have? It might be their sustainability agenda. It might be about um, faster, better marketing from an efficiency perspective and a consistency perspective inside inside their teams. Uh, and how do we position ourselves as the solver of those problems? How do we help? Uh, and that effectively driving you into a position where you're no longer vendor of of services um, with unspecified contracts and and all that sort of stuff but you're the solution provider you're the strategic partner you're the change agent sometimes inside those businesses and that's where the value is attained from a customer's perspective and that's giving you longevity in client relationships it's giving you higher value through higher status with those cmos and that's an interesting path that you you've chosen to say right well how do we how do we orchestrate that pivot now that we know that we need to attain longer term higher value relationships and strategic positions with clients how do we chunk that down how do we do some active work in positioning the agency towards that if you were to reflect on some of the the common aspect or the aspects that you've um discovered within that to orchestrate that pivot what would you say are the main kind of takeaways for other agencies approaching that point in in their growth journey the key thing is be experts it's really hard to let go of work where you can have a revenue stream and have profit or have skill sets within the business letting it go is so hard but unless you do that and make those difficult decisions to really focus it will always be a hindrance to real like to to fame and growth so the yeah the the one thing focus on the the thing that the market needs most and you are best at for the sectors that you are that you care about most and that i think is is the most important kind of recipe for success it's really difficult to let go but very powerful to do so Excellent. Maddie, many thanks for joining us today and contributing your insights and experience from Brilliant Noise. You're very welcome. It's been lovely to be with you all. Thank you for listening to Waypointers. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from agency and technology leaders, please subscribe to Waypointers wherever you get your podcasts. This series is brought to you by Waypoint Partners, leading global growth and M&A advisory firm specialising in the creative and tech agency sectors. For bespoke advice on growing your agency, please visit waypointpartners.co.uk and follow Waypoint Partners on social media.